Welcome back to Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. On this special episode, we are covering the first half of Bad Batch Season 1. We just got Episode 8, so that's the halfway mark, and we've got a special guest. We're going to get right into that right after these ads that we don't have any control over. When you're at Walt Disney World Resort for the world's most magical celebration, every moment is amazing and the memories last a lifetime. Because when you celebrate with us, nothing could be more magical. Stay near the magic. Book your theme park tickets and get hotel rates from $94 per night plus tax at DisneySpringsHotels.com slash 50. Rates based on availability. Blockout dates may apply. See website for details. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. yeah. That's right. We are back. Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. I'm your host, Jay Scotty St. Clair, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Zuhair Ali. And joining us is a very special guest, a host on this network that many people probably already know. He is an established voice actor, and he's a person mm-hmm. whose ass I've already kissed a lot, and I will continue to do so, so I won't bury the lead here. Mr. Jeff Randall, welcome to Animation Deliberation. How are you? Oh, I'm happy to be here, man. Get to talk about cartoons, oh, finally. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Great to have you here. And Zuhair? Darn the MCU for not doing enough animated stuff. Right? Well, I'm looking forward to uh, to bringing both of you guys on for li- literally every episode of What If. Yes. I actually, um, I recently tweeted at Marvel, like at Marvel Studios, I'm like, shouldn't we be getting some sort of news about What If soon? Like even maybe just a release date would be all right. That would be nice. Wouldn't yeah. it? They're on the, the Black Widow finally hitting theaters and Loki being out high train right now. You know what? Why don't we keep that train rolling and get some news about what if? Yeah. I mean, like Miss Minutes, idea. she's kind of like the bridge between an animated <laughs> character. Yeah. We can just roll that train right into what if. I'm I'm down for it. Loki basically is what if in its own way, right? Yeah. We're going to have an of. episode every week just about Miss Minutes' appearance. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, pancake. T- it's Tara Strong, so you kind of have to. True. You know? Very true. She gets her own, like, series of episodes here, probably. Uh, know, yeah, Tara Strong, she will, she will get, she'll probably get, yeah. She'll probably get an entire, what's the word I'm looking for? Volume dedicated to, to her. That would be cool if they made a series off of her that, like, you know how they have, like, the Legends? But instead of Legends, it's just Miss Minutes explaining the background of all these characters coming up in new series. Oh my god, yes! Oh, for the longest time, we as MCU fans have, like, been begging for Louise to do the, uh, the yeah, recaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead we need... Oh, what if it was her and him? Like, we okay. had Miss Minutes and Louise. Okay. Could you imagine her doing an episode on him? <laughs> hey, y'all. Well, this man talks super fast. Have y'all ever heard the tale <laughs> of the greatest narrator in the multiverse? Sit right down. We're, we're digressing real hard. Though. We are. We are. 
We're just we're this is our audition tape for you having us on your show for MCU stuff. <laughs> we can talk about how we doing. Okay. How we doing? <laughs> well, you need to step up your game just a touch. All right, all right. Let's get this this train back on track. So we're not here to talk <laughs> no, no, Loki. To, we already to... derailed. That puts us like in perfect category for your show. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like you need to derail harder. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Step up the derailment game. First, okay. we need to be we three keep, topics over by now. We okay. got to keep MCU's train going and derail ours. Got it. <laughs> That's oh, okay. So that was the level of great. derailment. You have to go like two shows over and start derailing another podcast to reach the true level of derailment. There. Yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, <laughs> that's that's how we roll. I don't know. <laughs> choo choo. Okay. Okay. So about the other Disney property. Yeah, yeah, we we are here to talk about Bad Batch, but while we are uh, getting this train back on track and doing a little bit of housekeeping here, I do believe that we got another five star review. The reviews that we get here are the lifeline of this show. So Zuhair, what did we get this time around? What do you got for me? We got one from Ron P. One nine seven nine. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely loving this podcast. The guys knew their information, were well-balanced, and very enthusiastic about the content. I subscribed, and will be waiting to listen to more. Ooh. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I come off as knowing what I'm talking about. No, no, no worries. I appreciate that, Ron. We, will, uh, we plan to be here for quite a long time to come, as long as this show doesn't continue to get derailed too much. So. I better go, all right, guys. I was I was looking at your uh, your your icon. Your what is this thing called? Your logo. God, yes, words are hard. Uh, I was looking at your logo and like I see in there, you know, the expected Ninja Turtles, the uh, the Goku of it all. Mm-hmm. But what really like what really piqued my interest more than anything was um, Goliath Ooh. sitting there up top yeah. from Gargoyles. Yeah, I'm glad you appreciate I, that. Oh, I loved gargoyles when I was when I was growing up, mm-hmm. and when I found out that uh, that Commander Riker was the voice of Xanatos, I lost my shit. I lost it. <laughs> I was like, "What? <laughs> he's uh, a bad guy, <laughs> <laughs> but he so casually swings his leg over chairs." <laughs> uh, now, Commander Riker. So, who, do you know that voice actor off the top of your head? Uh, it's Jonathan Frakes. Ah, ah. Yeah, he was in. He was Commander Riker in uh, in uh, Star Trek: Next Generation. Ah, which see I also that, grew up watching. Ah, see, that's where you lost me a little bit. I I am very much aware of many of the the fandoms within this net, network, but Star Trek is one of the ones that I have the biggest blind spots for. So I recognize okay. the name, but I couldn't quite place it. So you didn't even lose me. I was just totally left behind. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, Jeff. Um, yeah. What Jay Scotty has... be here? <laughs> <laughs> so Jay Scotty has been talking to Matthew Fox over on the Star Wars Universe podcast uh, every week to do pretty much like, every week yeah. feedback and whatnot. Uh, so you and I are getting a lot of our thoughts out uh, for the first time. And okay. I was doing somewhat of a rewatch as much as I could before I naturally got distracted. And that first episode still manages to make me, like, tear up with the intensity of it. What have you thought about this show as a whole? Like, what were your thoughts going into it, and, like, how has it met your standards so far? 
It's a lot of questions all at once. Um, <laughs> yeah. You'll answer them at some point. <laughs> we'll eventually get there. Uh, <laughs> as far like, I can agree with you. That first episode when, uh, when they got Order 66 and... You know, all of the other, all the the regs, as they call them, Mm -hmm. all the regular clones were like slaughtering the Jedi and they were they were chasing the Padawan to try to like just try to figure out what was going on. I was Mm -hmm. scared for everybody involved. And it was like, you know, at at first I was thinking, okay, this is is just another, you know, another uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars, where it's going to be a little bit slow at the beginning to try to get into it's going to be you know kind of a rough start and they blew away that expectation because that especially that first episode was so freaking good and was so touching i watched it i remember watching it uh at least twice that first day and having watched it again later and I kind of feel bad in that I I waited several weeks to watch any more than that first episode. But, you know, hmm. I'm, I'm a super busy guy. You know, yeah. I've got a lot going on in my life. Yeah. But no, I, I just it it wasn't it's not the first thing that I thought of every, you know, every week or whatever. Like I, we were doing a lot of planning for MCU cast. I got a lot of things going with the, the Twitch stream. But of course, yeah. Um, but the once I like when you guys were like, oh yeah, we need to we need to get circle back on on talking about Bad Batch. I was like, oh crap, I've forgotten to watch that show entirely. So I just binged all of it except for uh, the most recent two episodes because it was like a week ago. I just binged all of it and was like, why haven't I been watching this? It's so good. <laughs> I feel like that actually kind of worked out for you because my my opinion has been that the first episode was very movie like. And then it got somewhat episodic from there. Oh yeah, I, I definitely feel the episodic nature. It it kind of feels um, Monster of the Week, Planet of the Week, sort yeah. of. In that it's like we have a new, uh, you know, we got we we got a new scheme, or we got a new thing, a new threat that we have to you know uh, encounter and deal with. Uh, but it, it, I think the the biggest thing is the character growth. Uh, between Hunter and Omega, and um, and and seeing how Crosshair is developing, and like all of those guys, and how they interact with everybody else in the world, I, you know, I know that there are characters that uh, that I don't know anything about from not having watched Rebels, not watching um, the the Clone Wars animated series. Like, oh, I, I you haven't seen? I it. see characters on there, and I'm like, I feel like. I feel like this is a bigger person than what is happening here. And then I Google it and I'm like, ah, I see. (laughs) Probably should have watched these other amazing shows. Yeah, I should. I should. Jeff, I don't don't think I knew that. You have not seen The Clone Wars, any of it. I have not. Well, I've watched like the first probably eight episodes of season one of The Clone Wars, but it's so slow. (laughs) Yeah. It's so slow. You yeah. would honestly be very happy just watching the last season. Yeah, I, I watched the first four episodes of season seven in preparation for the Bad Batch, and I felt like they flowed pretty nicely, and they felt like the perfect pre- precursor going into the Bad Batch. But I'm curious, you being kind of in the same boat that I am in terms of not having seen Rebels or the Clone Wars, Do you, you talk about not getting some of the references to some of these characters, but I've talked about it with Matthew Fox on the Star Wars Universe podcast, 
do you think that they're doing a good job of of introducing these characters into a fold to where everybody everybody's on board it doesn't matter what your level of familiarity is with the franchise both of you make me sad (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry zoo i'm sorry well the the thing the thing with these is um i i appreciate what they're doing Mm -hmm. like the way that they're doing it because they're not holding my hand they're not they're not waiting for me right you know they're not they're not bringing everything down to my level. This this show is not targeted at me. It's targeted at the people who have watched everything. Sure. And they still make it good enough to where I am like, my God, this is so good. Uh, you know, like, uh, for instance, the, the episode where they had to go and steal the uh, the droid head from right. the, the decommissioning factory. Right. You know, those two characters show up and I'm like, this feels important. I feel like. I feel like other people are knowing these names being called out and it feels like one of those little nod situations where I'm not in on the joke, but other people are mm-hmm. and you know, they're nodding at the other people. I'm like, well, hold on, let me just Google this real quick. <laughs> and I Google their names. I'm like, Oh, okay. And Oh, and then that links to, Oh, I could go down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of how I live my, my MCU life. That's how I've, I've gotten to the point of being called the comics guy on the MCU cast and having yeah. not read many comics. Sure. I just go down all the internet rabbit holes because I'm like, ooh, and that links to that. Well, I'm going to go read about that. So I so, have a question. Um, yeah. I, I watched Rebels, and there was one big one that I missed. Did you know who the Padawan was in the first episode? Kanan? 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 What's his name? Okay, if you're Kanan. asking, that answers it. Kanan Jaren, right? Freddie Prince Jr. It was, yeah, yeah, that's all exactly. you need to know. I know the voice actors. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I can tell you about D. Bradley Baker all day long. That guy's yeah, a legend. I was, I was watching it on an airplane ride when I was going to Tennessee because I knew people were going to ruin it for me the second I reached. Uh, so yeah. it slipped my mind because it was so early in the morning the first time that I watched it and then when I met up, everybody was like, oh, yeah, that was Kane. And I was like, oh, shit, that's a big crossover because he was one of the main characters of Rebels. And throughout Rebels, he talks about how he doesn't trust clones because he watched his master die and everything. So I wasn't expecting to actually see how it all happened. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that that has so much more impact there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I missed, like, it was already really emotional. Yeah. And I missed even more of it. I feel bad. Why am I here? Why am I here to talk about this? But to be fair, I didn't know you hadn't watched until just now, so this is news to me too. Nah, it's I'm an excitable person. I'll make it enjoyable, I promise. Don't kick me out. But you enjoy Star Wars and you can speak on film and shows eloquently, so you still have value here. No, okay, yeah. okay. Just God. having the knowledge of the of the Whew. voice actors speaks volumes already. So, you Did you watch Mandalorian? Uh Mando? Yeah. I I <laughs> I recorded the uh the two seasons worth of podcasts on the Star Wars Universe podcast for The Mandalorian. Okay. Right. So, what did you think of uh Fennec popping up? Fennec. Oh god, when Fennec Shan showed up, I was like, "Hold up. Do what now?" Yeah. I was like, 
I was doing I was doing hardcore timeline math in my head. Like, uh-huh. no, that was uh, uh, and this is about when. And then uh, she's gotta be young, yeah. or she's really old in the Mandalorian. I mean, in real life, she doesn't age either. So who knows? Yeah, right. yeah, she's she's a Highlander. I mean, <laughs> Ming-Na Wen is is just a Highlander. So yeah. chops uh, off the heads of other bounty hunters. Okay. Yeah, there could be only one. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you asked that question, Zuhair, because it's kind of a good transition. I wanted to ask, like, what were your favorite, or what was your favorite episode or favorite moments from this first half of the season? Because on the subject of Fennec Shan, that was my favorite episode, episode four, cornered everything, getting that connectivity to the world of the Mandalorian. But I talked about uh, the chase sequence and just how well that was shot and the choice of the camera placement and deciding not to cut i mean i know it's it's animated but still there's something to be said for doing an entire take and having these 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 renders in these models never cut the camera and just having the foresight to plan action out that well i was just completely blown away and uh what was the what was that was that the moon planet or the uh the moon of pantera was that 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 moon I don't think so. I think the moon was um, when they had the electric beast. Oh, maybe you're right. Okay, I can't. Well, maybe that was Orb Mantel then. I don't. Whatever, whatever planet was, I was re- I was really impressed with how it was able to uh, evoke yeah, multiple worlds of Star Wars. Chiefly in that chase sequence, there were a lot of uh, homage being played uh, paid to Episode Two in particular. So. I open up the floor to you guys, like, favorite episodes, favorite moments, what do you got? I mean, the opening sequence of the first episode was amazing. Uh, the training sequence was good. Uh, everything with Crosshair has been so good. I've loved sure. every time that he's popped up. And I haven't talked about episode 8 with you at all yet, but right. when... I was expecting, was it Cade Bane? Cad Bane, right. To show up. I, I expected Hunter to get shot in the chest at some point, just was not expecting it to be by him. And when oh, he right. woke up and they actually did that first perspective of, where's Omega? And Wrecker, like, dragging him out and watching them get shot, I was like, this is like the last battle of Halo Reach. This is so intense right now. Right? Right? <laughs> oh, man. That was such a good perspective to have on it, too. Like, it felt like being inside Tony Stark's helmet, you oh, know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And there was, like, a split second of, you've always wondered, like, what clones see because the Stormtrooper's aim is just so garbage. It's like, what does it actually <laughs> look like through those helmets? So it's like, that's what it looks like. That actually does that look makes... really, that's a very narrow sight of field. Like, it's amazing that you're as perceptive as you are. Right. <laughs> it, it makes sense now. It makes sense that they, they can't hit shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically just a big reticle in the middle of the visor, right? I was yeah. watching the episode <laughs> about when they were talking about the benefits of, like, replacing the clones with new people. It's like, they will have skills that the clones never had and this and that. And I was like, well, AIM wasn't one of them. You you yeah. gave up everything <laughs> for AIM. Like, no. No, this was not a step up for you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Death Star 1 would be running so fine if you just stuck the clones. <laughs> right. Uh, it's so much cheaper to just rip people from their families, though, instead of, you know, invest all this money into training and getting proper genetic material. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the more batches they make, the farther it gets from good, like, it would have gone downhill anyway. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that's that's what we're led to believe, at least, by the the uh, the Cam- Cam- Kaminoans. That word is hard. <laughs> so, did you have a favorite episode or moment, Jeff? I'm thinking it's 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 difficult because there's so many, but um, every scene with Wrecker. Oh, yeah. Like Wrecker has been my favorite character, even though he has, like, he's got the depth of a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to be said for somebody who's just allowed to be fun, to have fun, like that mm-hmm. kind of character. I love. So, you know, he's like, <laughs> he's the kind of guy that's like, I like to blow things up because I like to blow things up. Like, yeah. it's just a ton of fun. I love that. I love that that character. So, when he, <laughs> when he was running, when they were when they were running on the the ship, and he, like that one trooper is just like halt, and he just chucks the thing, yes. oh, chucks the torpedo. In the most, yeah, in the most recent down. episode, it was the guy with the flamethrower. They all get stuck for a second. Yeah. He just like. Direct hit. Punk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. I, la- I laughed so hard when that happened. Yeah. I, it's it's funny you should say that because I was doing my rewatch and in the first episode they were talking about like how upgraded the Empire's armory is. Mm. And Crosshairs was staying next to me. It was like he actually cried in there. He's like, shut up. So did you. <laughs> <laughs> It's like wow, like the the love for. I mean, they even had the scene in Clone Wars where Anakin's mission was successful and like planting all the bombs. He's like, "Here, you want to press the trigger?" He's like, "Really? I, I'm so honored!" And like hits the trigger, blows things up. So they really did establish his love for blowing things up very early oh, yeah. on, and it's been quite a common factor in the show. Certainly, yeah. certainly. And you bring up the fact that he's basically a giant kid, and that's what made you. Know, we talk about that whole inhibitor chip and him having the headaches and where that was leading. I I was one of the early people not to like pat myself on the back too much, but I had those fears that it was going to go to a dark place. And while it did come to a nice resolution, it's, it's worth noting how the juxtaposition between him being that giant kid character to going and being absolutely terrifying just made it that much more poignant and that much more heartbreaking. And I can't help but think back on the beginning of that episode when he and Omega are talking about to go get the uh, the Martel mix in the first place, and they have to kind of convince Hunter to do it. And he's like, you know, it makes the kid happy. And he's like, yeah, right, the kid. The yeah. kid. <laughs> and he's even more excited than Omega when it they get the approval to go. It does make the kid happy. <laughs> the big one. Right. <laughs> it makes both of the kids. Just go. Just go. <laughs> That's what I feel. I feel like... I feel like Hunter now has two kids to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one can go toe to toe with the Rancor. The other just kind of gets into trouble. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. Oh man, that Rancor fight was real good. <laughs> that was like that was the most that we got out of him uh, until the uh, the droid factory and you know the the um, when he was like saying a good soldier, a good soldier in the right. factory, I was like, Oh no. Right. Like, that was when we really started getting something out of him. But seeing him get to just embrace the fact that he's that big, strong, dumb character and like fighting with an adolescent rancor, just slugging it out was so, ah, <laughs> uh, it just, it touched my heart, you know, <laughs> like let the fun character be fun. Right. Right. Did you ever watch the first Pokemon movie? 
Uh, no. No. Oh, well, there was a scene towards the end where it's like Pikachu and clone Pikachu were just like exhausted, so all they were doing was slapping each other until one passed out. And that's exactly what oh, yeah. this I've reminded seen that. me I've of. seen the gif of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glad you had some exposure to it. Not to go too off subject, when you bring that up, I can't think, help but think of like Magikarp and Splash Attack. There was this uh, internet video from a few years back where basically it just had this never-ending loop where it was these two Pokemon fighters attacking each other with Magikarp Splash Attacks. And oh, just no. Hilarious. That Game Boy would have died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There was uh, there was one episode of Pokemon that I remember where uh, Ash and whoever it was that he was that he was battling against they both had uh, like a Kakuna and a Metapod and they were like Harden oh Harden that was more. so early in the series yes yeah it was, so ridiculous. It was hardened Harden more Harden harder <laughs> like it's like no <laughs> this is not how you win this fight you can't <laughs> just stop. So, yeah. Jeff, so, you were you were pretty quick to bring up Wrecker. Would you say that he's your favorite member of Task or excuse me, oh, Clone yeah. Force ninety nine? I almost said Task Force ninety nine. Getting my uh, oh yeah universes Abs- mixed up. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, okay. he's my favorite. Uh, okay. You know, he, he's the he's the fun one. Like uh, like I said, um, I I identify with Tech as far sure. as like what my day job is, <laughs> 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 but. Uh, as far as like just you know characters that I like to watch, it's Wrecker. Wrecker's just so great, when, and like especially when he puts his helmet on, because he looks like a football player about to <laughs> go out on the field, just like I'm gonna have a good time for sure. Like slams his helmet down. I think his is my favorite helmet because it has more of the skull painted like all over it. Oh yeah. Yeah. But my my perspective of Tech and Wrecker have flipped. Because I really liked Tech at first, and then I was just kind of like, all right, we got the brute dumb character in Wrecker. But they've added, like, so much level of personality to Wrecker that I like him more. But Tech is also, like, that person that he's, like, he's an asshole about knowing things. Right. And he's just very presumptuous that, like, just because he noticed it, everybody else did. It's like, how many times are you going to, like, potentially mess up the mission because you did not convey the information when you were supposed to? And right. sometimes I feel like it is part of, like, talking to the audience and, like, regards to, like, filling them in. Like, he has his opportunity to do that. But he's a lot of Sheldon without the comedic relief. And it's actually getting, like, more and more irritating every week. Like, how <laughs> tunnel vision he is of just, like, you don't, not something to just be like, oh, yeah, I guess there are other people I need to work about. You don't think the comedic <laughs> relief is there? I think With that he's gotten his comedic much. relief out of Echo. Okay. Yeah, bantering Echo, with Echo for closer. sure. You know, Echo's closer on on the the technological brilliance scale. Sure. Um, but he's, you know, he's obviously not quite there. But he he's definitely he's smart enough to be pissed off at Tech. Yeah. Yeah. About what Tech is doing or not saying. Yeah, that's it, fair. That's the interesting thing about Echo is that every Star Wars property has had that convenient, helpful droid with them. Right. It's interesting that <laughs> Echo is the droid. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've got a droid. He's so helpful. Like, Wrecker it curls him. He squats him. Oh, the gonk. Him. The gonk droid. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> His only purpose on that ship is to be Wrecker's workout tool. Yeah. I, I think, haven't seen him I mean, do anything else. I think Omega was using him as a pillow at one point in time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the feet That's were awesome. going, but he was on his side, so <laughs> it's just like... 
It's Ow. just something to lean against. Ow. Ow. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> I definitely do want to get uh, dive a little deeper into Echo especially, but I wanted to circle back to tech for a second be just because I do think some of the humor is still there just in some of the recent episodes. I think of like one that both times I watched got a, a good laugh out of me is when uh, Sid said, keep this up and you'll you'll start to see my ugly side. And he's like, that wasn't her ugly side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then in this most recent episode, when he's uh, on the bridge of the, the Jedi Starfighter with, with Omega and she asks him, what were the Clone Wars like? And he gives that very matter-of-fact answer. It was a war on multiple fronts with multiple objectives that lasted three years. And she's like, but what was it like? I just He's told like, you. I just told you. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it it really like that that was funny, but it also just went to highlight how out of touch with emotions he is. Yeah. True, true. And um I don't know, it it kind of felt like it, it distanced him from my liking a little bit. Like Okay. Like damn guy, this is a kid. Can't you <laughs> Can't you just like tell her some emotions? Like you probably have heard of one or two. Yeah. Come on, guy. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked a lot about how Omega pronounces her own name, but I did notice in that interaction that she just calls him Tick, which made me just want to go, Spoon! No? Oh, yeah, Nobody? because of the Tick? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's, a, okay. that's, a, that's another animated series that's had a couple of live-action renditions that I was a fan of both iterations, but... If you don't know about the tick, do yourself a favor. Yeah. I mean, any chance to follow Patrick Warburton's career oh, yeah. is a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's prolific. You're, you're going to enjoy it. Oh, yeah. He's, he's prolific, especially in the voice acting community. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh there was, I'm going to, uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it. Oh, go for uh, it. <laughs> I... No, it's it's that I I was watching a thing that is embarrassing to talk about, I guess, or em- embarrassing to admit that I was watching. I was Try watching me. Celebrity Family Feud on oh, Hulu. That's, that's not even that bad. That's not no, that it's, bad. Okay, like <laughs> I I went out of my way to watch Family Feud on on Hulu. Okay, <laughs> it was Celebrity Family Feud. <laughs> Patrick but, Warburton and his family were were on there. They were, uh, you know, they were they were one of the one of the teams. And whenever I heard Steve Harvey say Patrick Warburton, I was like, <gasps> and like I leapt forward off of the like away from my uh, from my couch position, and I was like, oh my god, I love Patrick Warburton, and like I started trying to do a, a, a mimicry of his voice and everything, and then he spoke, and I was like, I'm not good He's, at his voice. He did, yeah. Like, we're kind of we're kind of getting on another little train here, but he as a as somebody that likes to do a little bit of voices myself, obviously I don't have the acclaim that you have. Um, <laughs> get your lips off my ass. Exactly. He, his voice is so unique because he like simultaneously like hits these like almost kind of like falsetto notes, but he's got like a very deep baritone at the same time, so he's kind of like doing a number a bit like this where he's getting real high but at the same time he's like and i'm still not doing it justice but it, it's i thought you were yawning for a second <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like he's either yawning or he's doing a hank hill i'm not sure oh well, Jeez, hank hill's pretty tough to 30 do too. minutes into this <laughs> uh, i'll tell you what damn it bobby yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn it zoo 
Dang on, man. Dang on, let's get, get on back to this. Dang on, podcast, man. We're doing that. Dang on, animation deliberation here, man. Dang on. Tell you what. Whew. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I know we can need to get back. I mean, but now I know the next time I ask you to record something, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm just so busy." I was like, "Ah, oh, Family Feud, got it." <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's the watching the Family Feud. It's like I can't. I, uh, the feud's on. <laughs> it was Celebrity Family Feud, though. Yeah. So yeah. with Patrick Rob Warburton. Lowe's family was was competing against Terrence Howard and his family. Oh. Like, Who intense. won? Who won? Spoilers back, for Family uh, Feud. Back, back to Uncle Wrecker's family. Uncle Wrecker? Yeah. I really like Echo. I mean, he's he's had quite a... Because he was a big part of Clone Wars. He was quite the recurring character. And like every time you look at the probes in his head, it's just like, man, you've gone through a lot of shit to, just, to still be as active <laughs> as you are. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I like every time he he shows up on screen. He's like, "All right, we're gonna go do this thing." Like, "Hey, we need to go do this thing." And I see his his right arm is entirely replaced by whatever that thing is, like the droid master key, I guess. Yeah, like the the dro- <laughs> sonic screwdriver. Yeah. yeah, the sonic screwdriver of the Star Wars universe. Like, <laughs> he's got that on his arm. I'm like, how does he like? In, how does he participate in gunfights? Uh, any fight, like, I mean, I saw in the first episode, I guess, how he participates in like fisticuffs. You know, sure. he he can, especially against droids. I'm sorry, clankers. So. He can uh, <laughs> you know, he can use that to kind of scramble them. But like, other than that, like, what does he do? Does he have? He's just is he pistol bound and that's it now? Well, yeah, and he also worked with. Rex, Anakin, and Obi-Wan, so he was, like, one of the higher-tier ones, so he's a very experienced soldier that's, uh, he's, he's able to adapt and fight with whatever the situation gives him, which is why the Bad Batch were so impressed with him, too, because even when they rescued him from the droid facility and he was all, like, messed up, he was just like, I'm still ready to fight, like, put me to work, and they were just like, hey, you're jacked up, you want to be one of us now? And he's lived up to the reputation of being as beat up and deformed as he is and still being a functional soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. he's come a hell of a long way. I think in those those like the first episode we had that sequence where he woke up to the medical droid and it was just so obvious and apparent how how deep his PTSD was there. But talking yeah. about how Hunter has had to be like a parent to both Wrecker and Omega, I feel like Echo has really stepped up in in a big way to act as a a parental figure as well, especially to Omega. He's had to like kind of teach her some of those. And maybe maybe it's maybe it's less of a parental and more of an actual like commander where maybe Hunter's being more of a father and he's being more of a commander, but he is teaching her some of those hard lessons, especially I, I think back on the when she's aiming and, and trying to shoot the the bow for the first time, he he's the one that tells her, you know, it's not always gonna come easily. You like, have to work at this. And it seems like every member has had their their opportunities to impart some knowledge on Omega, with the exception of maybe Tech. So, maybe that's coming so, down the road. So, Hunter and Echo are the dads, Wrecker's the uncle, mm. and Tech is the older sibling? Like, yeah. he has older Tech's sibling older syndrome, in which he's, like, irritated all the time and just wants to be on his computer? It's <laughs> 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 so accurate! It's so accurate! <laughs> 
Crosshair's probably the irritated twin that ran away from home. Yep. Yep. <laughs> What's going to happen with Crosshair? Like, uh, what do you do you guys mm. in this most recent episode yeah. when Crosshair showed up at this place where they got all their inhibitor chips taken out, were you like were you begging the writers to give Crosshair an opportunity to get thrown into the into the machine and have his in- inhibitor chip taken out? Yeah, because you see how much they. There's always an episode where it's like, oh, that's what Crosshair used to do. That's that was Crosshair's job. This was Crosshair's yeah. room, whatever. So you see that despite like how he's been, like that brotherhood with them is really strong, and it's like I want that team to be back together. Because there's even been situations where it's like they haven't been able to fill that Overwatch position. Um, Wrecker got spotted super quick. Echo got attacked by that little dragon thingy. So it's like there's a huge void for them, like not just tactically, but as a family as well. And yeah, there could have been a great moment in which, you know, they stun him and put him in the thing and, you know, surgery him without consent. But at the yeah. same time, it's is it like since after the fact, I, does it make it okay? Maybe. <laughs> that's an ethics thing. I, I was going to say, yeah, that's, a... yeah, that's that's something um, we should leave to Fox. Uh, yeah, there's just uh, there's. I don't think they're going to let us off that easy. And something like one of the bad batch is going to die, and I feel like Crosshair is going to be one of them. Hmm. Oof. That's that's my prediction. That I don't think they're gonna let him off. Why you gotta hurt? I think it's gonna be like one of those situations where it's like, hey, we have an opportunity to be reunited, and it's like, no, we're just Empire's gonna kill Crosshair. Before this most recent episode, I thought that the show really did. I thought they broadcasted where they were gonna go with the series and where the characters were gonna wind up with. Wrecker getting, you know, as scary as that moment was, but you know in the course of that episode, we got his inhibitor chip removed as well as all the others. I was like, okay, that's where we're going to wind up with Crosshair eventually. But all cards on the table, you talk about begging and hoping that his inhibitor chip maybe got fried or removed during that whole uh, ion engine sequence. I'm still kind of hoping that's the fact. I kind of hope that his inhibitor chip is not in effect, and this is just Crosshair being the sadistic dude that he is. And I... Again, I, I don't know if the series is going to go that dark or have that level of heartbreak, but I would absolutely love it if it did. If they made him one of the most iconic villains in, this, in the Star Wars franchise, I'd be totally down for it. Mm. That would hurt so bad. Oh my <laughs> god, that would that would rip out every heart. You know, every heart <laughs> to like every and it, yeah, not. Not like it wouldn't it wouldn't destroy feelings, it wouldn't hurt heartstrings, it would rip out literal hearts Man. for them to do that. Mm. Or like if uh ooh, if mm. no, like if, if Tarkin or uh the other guy that they put in charge that was bringing in the other troops or whatever. Admiral like Rampart. If they, Rampart, yeah. yeah. I always thought his name was weird because it was like that's a part of a of a wall. It is, um, isn't it? <laughs> Admiral Fortification. <laughs> hey, guy. Uh, but, like, if one of them had, had been like, you know what? This guy is going to be training everybody. Um, I don't want him to catch stray inhibitor signals. Let me, let's take out the chip just so that we have him, mm. uh, you know, since he's, we, we cranked it up. 
that he, his brain's kind of saturated with for the empire at this point. We don't need the chip anymore. He's good. <laughs> like if they, if they did that, God, I, I would be upset. I would be, I mean, it would be a, a hell of a swing to do that. Like that's a big shot to take. And I'd be so mad if they did that just for the character. I wouldn't be mad at the writers. Like as a, as this is a bad show. It's just, I would be mad for the character. Cause okay. I, I want him to come back and, and I of want course. him to, to have that brotherhood. And honestly, like watching the way that Omega um, handles the bow and kind of like, it almost seemed like she was going to take on the role of the, the long range, you know, overwatch person. Right. Uh, having him come back and like teach her to actually do that and like show her how it's done would be just, uh, it would be so great to have her like getting all of these lessons. And, you know, if something happens to the bad batch, like they all get kidnapped or whatever, uh, or not kidnapped, but if they all get captured and she's out on her own and she gets to employ all of the lessons that each of them gave to her and use each of those skills, that would be such a great thing. That would be. That would that would be a nice warm and fuzzy way to to end the series. I'd be I'd be okay with that again as much as I'm talking about heartbreak over here. <laughs> yeah. So with how small she is, I, I because you said that with how small she is, I want to see her throw an explosive at a clone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but it's gotta be a small one, like smoke grenade. Yeah. <laughs> no, she has to pick up a barrel and like chuck it at someone. She's gotta pick up the photon torpedo. Okay. Yeah, because no, she's yeah. building that arm strength now, so it Sorry. makes sense. Proton, proton torpedo, not photon. That's Star Trek. Right, right. My Big bad. boom boom canister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, oh, God, that just that reminded me of when she was working on the uh, the explosive. <laughs> and Raku was like, <laughs> all right, you got to disarm it. Go. <laughs> She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he's like, time's ticking. <laughs> yeah. Yep. She's like, ah, 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 ah. Which too late. Get out. <laughs> he ran away, too. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's like, it was just a smoke bomb. You think I'd let you work on live munitions? <laughs> like, no, bro, that's still a live munition. <laughs> it's it's just a much more mild one. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Jay Scotty brought up earlier about the, the chase scene with Finnick. Mm. And I, I expressed about how much I just love the consistency between the audio and the visuals across this whole universe. And the oh, most definitely. recent appreciation of that is when they were in the ship and the and the cannon went off. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, when it made that sound, it's just kind of like the the familiarity between everything because it's been so consistent throughout this franchise. It's just like whenever it comes in, it's just that little hint of appreciation of man, that sounded perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost. <clears throat> Like I when when Wrecker threw those uh, those troopers out the like out the window basically. Oh yeah. On the uh, in that in that same area, I I I was I was so expecting the Wilhelm. a Wilhelm scream. Me too. To Me too. Like, I'm with you. Throw him out the window. And, ah! Like <laughs> I was I was waiting for it. Yeah, and me too. It didn't like, happen. I was like, oh, I'm disappointed. It, it almost sounded like they set up for it too, and then like cut it off. Yeah, they yeah. were like, uh, uh, no, no, we're not going to give it to you. We're not going to give it to you. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one that noticed that. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it's too serious for Wilhelm Scream. You can't have it. Like, I know you've got it in there. I know you've got it. Give it to me. 
Well, we also talk about it being a, a kid's show a little bit and, and then pulling some of the punches, but I noticed on my rewatch of episode eight when they went out of their way to stun the Scrapper Guild, but then right after that, they so Echo stuns these, the last Scrapper guy that's getting away, but then the ship crashes immediately after that, and his body gets flung off into like a crevice in the canyon. So like yeah. a completely like limp body. falls into a canyon. <laughs> He's like, well, that guy's dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not because he got shot or anything, but because he fell and cracked his skull open. Right. He wasn't dead before. He sure is now. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> that guy's gone. Uh, I guess we only got two now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I said, yeah. even with the with the opening scene, like when that Jedi was being attacked, like she wasn't killing any of the clones. And they talked about how long she had been working with them. So even in that moment of confusion and knowing that she had a new enemy, she's like, no, but we were friends. I can't kill you. I'm just going to deflect these until I die. So that level of like compassion for their brothers and the people they've worked with. And like they have that the vibe of if they don't need to die, why should I go out of my way to kill them which is crazy because they're soldiers and that's what they do but then you think about it this just crossed my mind they've only been shooting droids so their like ability to actually kill people isn't something Mm -hmm. that they're actually used to doing yeah and i I think that's one of the major through lines in the questions of the show and it's been asked a couple of different times you know their interactions with sid as well as the was it the martez sisters i think were the the ones that we ran into um, but, then, but then even in this final episode where uh, Echo brought up the fact that had they been with Rex, they wouldn't have encountered any of these things. But Hunter keeps reinforcing the fact that Rex is on a different path than them. So what is his path? What is their path? Obviously, Hunter is very <laughs> invested in Omega and wants to you know form this, this family. But I think it does beg the question, what does a soldier, excuse me, what does a soldier do when there's not a, a war to fight, you know? Where is their place well, in this I mean, this ever changing galaxy? Rex has a different show that he's got to go beyond. <laughs> <laughs> is that Ahsoka? I'm assuming. No, wasn't he in? Wasn't he in uh, Rebels? Oh, I, yeah. I haven't seen Rebels. I don't know. Yeah, he was in Rebels. He was really old. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you know, he's got a different show to go beyond. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah him that's and. His path. <laughs> Him and him and two others end up like retiring in one of their like six legged tanks that they like converted into their mm. home and they're just like mindlessly going around this one planet. And it's interesting because they're retired from the Empire, so the Empire still kinda like checks up on them and they get like they get money for it. So like clones Kickbacks? retire wow. and get to like go off whatever and they're getting like their social security or whatever. Wow. And it's it was interesting how they were just kind of like roaming around and doing their own thing, and then they got recruited by because Ahsoka told um, Ghost Squadron like, "Hey, this is the guy that I worked with back in the day. You should go recruit him." And then Rex and his two homies join the resistance, and Kanan has the issue of working with Rex because Clothes killed his master. Oh, interesting. I like it. I yeah. like it. Such such heartbreaking stuff. Mm. Mm. 
because even like they got tired of being retired so when they were fighting against the empire like there was an opportunity for the for ghost squadron to get away and they were just like nope we're soldiers first we're just gonna sacrifice ourselves and go out like soldiers do and you guys can get out of here and it was just that thing of like they were so ready to die even in their old age just for like fighting for the right reasons hmm and all of these are, like, Rex and the other two actually got their inhibitor chips removed, too. So they were just living life. Right, right, right. And I think we... Yeah, Rex said that he got his taken out, um, like, before the events of the most recent... Ep- or, what, this episode? Last episode? Uh, he he was up. in episode six? He was seven. Because he was there when... Right, yeah. seven. He, yeah, he was there when Wrecker had to have the inhibitor chip removed and, and whatnot, so... Yeah, so, spoilers for the end of uh, the last season of Clone Wars, but Rex was with Ahsoka when Execute Order happened, and was the first to start shooting at her, Hmm. and Ahsoka actually knocked him out, dragged him to the medical bay, unconsensually gave him that surgery, and got the inhibitor chip removed, and then it was Ahsoka and Rex on the starship fighting the rest of the clones, trying not to kill them and get out of there. Hmm. Oof. Yeah. They went through some shit. That's rough. So I think Rex is actually, like, presumed dead right now? Yeah, I think he even made mention of as much, didn't he? You, uh, I think Tech brought it up. You're like believed to be killed in action. Oh, yeah. He said it's it's easier yeah, to hide from the Empire that way, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's easier to hide when they think you're dead. Yeah. That kind of uh, that kind of throws into contention a little bit. The the whole like I'm retired and getting yeah. A I thought about thing. that as I was saying it. So maybe I need to do a little rewatch of that. Hmm. Uh, I guess we gotta go watch Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> The other contention that I noticed that I asked Haley Hobbs about just to confirm, because mm-hmm. if she doesn't know, then who does? <laughs> was um, cut the, the one? There was a whole storyline in Clone Wars about a a clone that defected and then like had a family and just didn't want to go back to the war. Who Rex like accidentally ran into, and they brought him up in the second episode. So then I was wondering, like, if he just defected in the middle of a battle, does he have an inhibitor chip? Does he even know he has one? Ooh. Is he just, like, living his life and then, like, just hasn't heard execute order and then somebody randomly brings it up and he just leaves his family and goes back to what he's supposed to do? Like, how does that part work? Is that another plot hole? When we get the when we get the credits for the final episode of Bad Batch Season 2, or uh, Bad Batch Season 1, it's going to say, This October... The Book of Cut. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's, just that's, like that with is like, in Filoni we trust, so it's like, I don't mind these little loopholes if they're not, like, totally impeding, because I can just right, kind of right, fully right. guess my imagination and work with the wonderful storytelling that we're getting, because mm-hmm. that batch has definitely met, if not exceeded, my standards so far. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe, hmm, maybe for Cut, Maybe it's that he hasn't been around a Jedi. Yeah. And now there aren't any. Yeah. Like if he mm-hmm. if he runs into one later, he's just gonna be like must destroy and they're gonna be yeah. like, What the hell is wrong with you? And he's like, Ah, it's a Jedi <laughs> Execute Order sixty six. 
or we finally get like a little bit of a glimpse into what all went down with like Luke Skywalker at his Jedi Academy one day cut just shows up there, crash lands a ship there, and they're just like, what the hell? They just take him out unceremoniously. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean to be too Uh, disingenuous to a character people have become endeared to, but as as we're kind of coming to an end here and and wrapping up this conversation, we talked a little bit about where we want to see things uh, progress with the character across here, but I'll just kind of open up the conversation to anything you want to address. Where do you want to see the back half of the season go any any of the characters any of the through lines i mean outside of the things that we brought up the chain codes are another interesting world building thing that's that's taking place as the empire is is taking over so what do you, what do you guys want to talk about what do you got <laughs> thanks baloney <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah the uh i mean what was it the the chain codes were a, a weird thing from uh, Finn, from Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, and then you know him not or the the Mando himself not taking off his helmet and being like this is the way could, and like you know I I, I remember um, Fox telling me there's so many instances of of Mandalorians taking off their helmets in in the Clone Wars like right. this is not a thing that I have ever heard of them <laughs> talking about yeah. so. You know the the whole like having Filoni take us down this path of like this is how we got here has been really really awesome to like because mm-hmm. you know it's just like this is the world and I will eventually fill you in but this is what they're having to deal with we don't have time for exposition we got to deal with it right right I I love that they're I love that they've got. They've got the trust in us to come along for the ride to be able to do that. I, I really appreciate that out of the, the creators of this show as well as the other, um, the other Star Wars shows. Yeah. Because they've all been really good so far. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Or, it's like, especially recently. You know, they've been, mm. they've been <laughs> real good. We're in, we're in a bit of a renaissance of uh, oh. Star Wars coming back. Agreed, agreed. I also feel like... In my personal opinion, we're not going down this derail, but, like, I wasn't a fan of the sequel trilogy. And I feel like this kind of brings me back to what I appreciate in the Star Wars universe. And it's... I I like the... Okay, I like the prequel stuff. Not a big fan of the sequel stuff. And the fact that they're pushing more on Revenge of the Sith and filling in that gap and coming in closer to like how the rebellion started what led to the events of the original trilogy how all that connects as opposed to having this sequel trilogy that was like way further down like it feels more molded now and Mm -hmm. as much Mm -hmm. as i love jedi stuff there's so much storytelling to do in this universe about like the everyday joe schmo yep and these are the opportunities to look at those stories and look at the world because we see these damn near invincible space sorcerers or whatever terms they give them throughout this show or Marvel or whatever space wizards wizards have hats okay yeah so as much (laughs) as they're focused on like how powerful these people are like if you look at some of the other jedi we we've been watching from the perspective of 
a couple of the most powerful Jedi alive that we don't even know what the skill set of like the mediocre ones are. That's so right, we get right. to experience that a little bit. We get to experience like how proficient clones actually were. We get to see what the bounty hunters are like, and what the underworld is like, and the world building, and how other people were affected by it. Who likes the Empire? Who doesn't? Was it good? Was it bad? So much to mm. talk about. And the fact that we get to like solidify this world that we already love so much is something that I'm really proud of them for pursuing. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Like to to build on that a little bit, the, the character of Sid is one of the best ones for world building <laughs> because Sid, like, you know, Sid is dealing with people that are bad people, dealing with people that are maybe good people. Like mm-hmm. Sid was, what, I guess, integral to... Uh, to Jabba the Hutt getting his his rancor, like yeah, M- Mushi, that's right. Yeah, Mooch, <laughs> Mooch was so ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So like, Sid is kind of integral to that whole thing, and like, there's so much. There's like, the Empire can be good for some people, but it also you know like we've seen with some of the main characters in in Skywalker Saga, like it's not good for other people, and you know they're oppressive and. But there are some people who have had an opportunity that, you know, that they didn't have under the Republic. And mm-hmm. there's going to be people that, that get endeared to the Empire because of that. And I, you know, it, I, hate to, I hate to bring up a, a, a recent episode of, uh, of a Marvel thing because we're here talking about Star Wars. But in Loki, yeah, in Loki, he recently said, I know something that kids don't. I know something that children don't is that not everybody who's good is all good. Not everybody who's bad is entirely bad. Right. And I, I, I love that, especially in a, uh, in an animated series, which, you know, often feels like it's supposed to be for kids. They, they get to have these characters with such nuance mm-hmm. and they have, they have all these different aspects of, of life, you know, and yeah. people who are doing bad things for good reason. And, good things for bad reasons and mm-hmm. you know the whole gamut like we get to yeah. see all aspects of life in the in the galaxy it's great rogue yeah. one hits that a lot as well in regards to like how saw Gerrera saw the rebellion versus how cassian saw the rebellion versus how uh oh, yeah. urso yep. saw it like the rebellion is arguing with themselves quite a bit they yeah and all three of those were different from how leia does it yeah, and oh, yeah. they don't know how they want to structure and how they want to proceed or why they hate the Empire. And, you know, that happens in Rebels a lot, too, because they interact with Leia and Saw. It's like, why are you doing the way you are? Why are you doing this? We shouldn't be doing this. Like, Saw says in the second episode, like, sure, the Clone Wars just ended, but the Civil War is just now beginning. And that's not only yeah. between the Republic or the former Republic and the Empire, but it's between the citizens and the people who are wanting to rebel like against each other too like it's just it is utter chaos that you see took a long time to get perspectives together before they took out the first death star and Mm -hmm. even in rogue one and in the death star sequence it was kind of like everybody wasn't on board with it it was like some of us are gonna go we're just gonna hope we have backup yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) oh man there's so much yeah Ah, there's so much character there's so much good character in this in this franchise now oh yeah well thank you feloni it's good to be a star wars fan again yeah 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 
On the subject of character, I do have one final question for you guys. What's a character that we have not seen yet that you would like to see introduced into the series? I'm going to say Orson Krennic. We were just talking about Rogue One. I think he's perfect. Go ahead and show some of his first interactions with Tarkin. Why not? Mm. Not to put you guys on the mm. spot too much. <laughs> I'm thinking... See, a lot of my knowledge of, of the Star Wars uh, verse is in the uh, the older public. Are there any so. bounty hunters? They've done a really good job with the bounty hunters between Finnick Shand and then Cad Bane. Like, I, I was on record saying Cad Bane's not somebody I'm super familiar with, but the, what, three minutes of screen Ooh. time we got with him was excellent. Actually, actually, yeah. Um, after, you know, I, Cad Bane was another one of those characters where I was like, mm, just do a little bit of Google in here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but having a young Boba under Ooh. the tutelage of Cad Bane in this series would be amazing. There to you see. go. Nice. I like it. Uh, oh my god, if Omega gets to play with young Boba. There it is. <laughs> that's, that's the scene. That's the one. That's that. Oh. Creme de la creme right there. I like it. I so like my it. my excitement for Boba's not as high because he showed up in Clone Wars a few times as okay. a kid. Okay. But Din Djarin's story happened during the Clone Wars. What if you got to see a kid version of him? Ooh, yeah. And then we could see a young version of him, maybe with like his adopted parents or you know learning the ways of the Mandalorian. Okay. Because uh, I feel like they're kind of in hiding right now, too, or at least his tribe or his faction of it is. Uh, we could yeah, see... Ahsoka's kind of the obvious answer. Like, yeah, we want to sure. see her work with the Rex and maybe start like playing Seeds of Rebellion and whatnot. But I really want to see Anakin turning into Vader. Hmm. Because this is right during Revenge of the Sith, so like he's still limbless on a chair right now. Right. And kind of seeing the progression of the process of, like, oh, hey, how's Darth Vader doing? And you see, like, the surgery of him, like, actually getting his things attached or learning how to walk or, um, you know, getting well, fitted for like a helmet. Right at the end. But what right was at the end, right? What was the time gap? That's fair. That's fair. What was the time well, gap was... of him having his no scene and when, <laughs> when execute order actually hit or when he actually got burned? Well, it it wasn't that long though. It was, um, like right after that is when, uh, when Padme went into her little, I you know, my heart is broken. Right. I can't go on living, thing. Uh, after, yeah. It's been a little bit since I watched Revenge of the Sith, but I think they intercut those scenes between you know Anakin's transformation and Padme's death slash the birth of Luke and Leia on Polis Massa. Yes. So. I believe that we're led to believe that they happen concurrently, but... But there's nothing that happened in the Revenge of Sith that says that that has to be the case. Yeah, like, yeah Cool, totally. we You're have right. the good back and forth, but, like, he could have been going through limb attachment surgery or maybe some replacements or learning how to walk or physical therapy or whatnot for, like, <laughs> months. to do physical therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Getting Make sure a... you can use the force with your robotic hand. <laughs> oh my god! Getting a fresh Vader learning how to walk again would be so funny, <laughs> dude. I I want to see a gag reel of him using his robotic arm to like pull the lightsaber to himself, and it just keeps hitting himself in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! 
I love Vader, oh, but I want to see that. <laughs> oh, we just, we just, we just got Vader back to being the badass in the hallway <laughs> in Rogue One, and you want to immediately make him the comic relief. Therapy is a process, okay? Yeah, he's got to get, he's, it takes work, all right? Like, that was, that was 18 years of work to get to that point. <laughs> oh, oh, man, it's so funny. I mean, he got to the point where he could use the force to move his cape in the middle of space, so. Yeah, I mean, your lack of faith in him is disturbing. <laughs> yeah. But I do want to see, I want to see... Darth Vader going through some type of rehab phase, maybe whether it be like the limbs are still being attached or they're talking about like what could be better for his movement and ability and you see him like kind of working a lightsaber with the state that he's in or just talking to the Emperor. I don't know if I want to see him interact with the Bad Batch. Oh, I don't know how much you, you guys know about it. to in... give you six legs for extra mobility. <laughs> I agree. No, 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 no. I don't want this. Yeah, Grievous and Maul both did that, so at least it'd be yeah. consistent. <laughs> oh, speaking of, Maul would be a really, uh, really fun addition here. Oh, okay. Because he came back in, he came back in Rebels, right? Oh, With, uh... please, please, please just watch the last season of Clone Wars. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, he was a, he was a big part of Clone Wars and Rebels. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He took over Mandalore. Um, yeah. Little bit. Okay. There right. was a really, I remember reading that. There was a really, really good fight scene between Ahsoka and Darth Maul in the last season. Um, those, those last four episodes of the last season were basically a movie of its own. It was incredible. And it was going, like, line to line with Revenge of the Sith. So it's like, hey, where's Obi-Wan? Oh, he's on Utapa right now. It's like, oh, this changed in the story because we just got word that Dooku was killed. And then in the middle of the show, it's like, oh, execute orders happening. So yeah, the way they line everything up was just so, so beautifully done. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the, the episode, obviously, myself either. But if I'm not mistaken, they actually brought Ray Park in to do like the fight choreography and do the motion capture. Mm-hmm. And that whole, they basically choreographed that whole fight with two people there with swords and basically just took the motion capture and animated that so <laughs> it was so good yeah i've, I've heard the best awesome. things about it and, and jeff i know you watch the, the corridor guys stuff so they did the stuntmen uh react for that particular fight they actually brought in the the stunt actress that did ahsoka's movements so yeah yeah definitely looks pretty 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 sick i'll have to get on it okay did you guys have any other final thoughts you need to get off your chest concerning Bad Batch, the first half seasons, or excuse me, episodes one through eight. I'm just hoping the the second half of the show isn't as episodic. Yeah, I'm hoping I agree. for because that's what Mandalorian does too is like episodic, episodic, episodic. In the last two three episodes, like really go in hard. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping at least five of the next eight episodes do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's the yeah. felony formula. Because there's no guarantee of a season two of this too. Like all of these characters could be dead by the end of the season, for all we know. So it's like I just I want the most of it. Yeah, yeah we don't know where they end up after this. Yeah, I, it, with that in mind, I'm kind of hoping that the the kidnapping of Omega is not a a resolved within one episode. I think it's a good opportunity to have some real real character growth for Hunter. 
and as great a character as he's been, I can't help but notice in the course of this conversation, he's the one that we've we've talked the least about. I mean, he, he's got a really cool power set, but just something about the show, I don't want to say it's doing a disservice to him, but just kind of having to be that stoic leader. You, you see it in other shows kind of like this. I've made the comparisons to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the past, but Leonardo kind of falls into a, a similar rut, I, I would say. Do you guys agree with any of that? Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of the, the you know, like we've said, he's the dad. He's the yeah. dad of the group. And, yeah. you know, he's had to grow as the, you know, being the leader, he's kind of slotted into that. And um, it, it kind of makes him a little more straight and narrow. Uh, he gets to have less fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we still get to see how much of a badass he is when, like, he's tracking things. And, um, like, when Tech looks at the water... Uh, in episode seven, he's like, don't go below the water. Line. <laughs> You're right. And yeah. like, he just knows that there's something in there. Right. You know, he, right. he knows like, these are the signs just looking at it. Just like, yep, there's something down there that wants to eat us. As long as we don't go down there, we're fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but like seeing him grow, he's, you know, he's growing in a different way. He's got, he's got different uh, character traits that he's building in that he's having to be the parental figure and, and caretaker of Omega mm-hmm. um, and the others. And he's learning how to deal with her and, and not, you know, she's not a soldier. So he's, he's having to learn how to, how to deal with somebody who's not a soldier, but definitely wants to be there with him and, you know, making decisions for her that are in her best interest that, uh, that she doesn't like are right. maybe not the best ways to go about it, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that cut and run episode. Right. Um, but like having, having the, the, what's the, what's the term that I'm looking for? Like having the, the mental uh, ability to stop yourself from just giving an order and kind of checking in, uh, you know, Hey, um, Omega, you know, what do you want to do about this thing? Like, sure. What is your re what is your thought on this? Because you are a person, you know, it's like, yeah. you are a person, you have feelings. How will this affect you? Uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily so consequential. Like, do you want a room, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> on the battlefield? It's like, yes, get down. You have to do this. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm saving your life, but like for the non less consequential things, like, talk to her you know he's learning to to talk to her as a, as yeah. a person yeah and it's definitely. great to to see that growth in him it's just it's a bit more subtle is all that's true yeah that's why i said i i, I struggle to call it a disservice because yeah it, it is more subtle but it's it's there so and i feel like you call it a disservice because when the bad batch was introduced in clone wars like they boast having never failed a mission they right. lean into that in the beginning of this show as well. So they put these guys on such a high pedestal. You even see the rest of the troops be like, oh, crap, that's Club Force 99. Like, mm-hmm. we're good. They never compliment them to their face, but, you know, regs really think highly of them. So for them to be put up so high and then see them fail constantly and lose missions mm. and get hurt, you see yeah. Wrecker get shot multiple times. Tech's gotten shot a couple of times. Echo's right. been knocked out. We're seeing their flaws. We're seeing their vulnerabilities. We're seeing True. them struggle with this transition that they have to make. The, the communication that you're talking about with Omega, 
he has this relationship with the rest of the team where it's like he doesn't even have to say anything because they understand their strengths and weaknesses and they can be efficient based off of what they know and what they do. So he's right. trying to develop that caliber because even in Clone Wars, he was the face of the group. He was the only sure. one that ever talked to the generals and the commanders and the prime minister. He's the only one that talked to Tarkin because right. he understands how out of line everybody is that he has to represent them. He's responsible for all of them. He has no choice but to be like, they come first. Their well-being comes before my life. That's how it is. Yeah, yeah. And that's any good leader. So, yeah, that, that's good perspective. I appreciate you guys kind of course-correcting me there because I, I knew I liked the character. <laughs> <laughs> you think about him wrong, and here's how you should do it. <laughs> and, again, it's it's not that the writers did a bad job in portraying it. It's that the story is working in a way where it's like he's actually – quote-unquote failing because of the situation he's put in sure and if he was perfect every time this wouldn't be as fun to watch so hats off to the writers for actually making him seem like he's struggling and seem like he needs to adapt and needing to figure these things out because it's kind of how life works yeah yeah that's true he even had his own brother tell him like you're not fit to be the leader yeah, like tell yeah. me that hasn't stuck with him all this time, or every time somebody gets hurt or somebody fails. Oh no, it's totally stuck with him because when they finally did have that that reunion, and it's it's fitting that the episode was titled reunion. But when he and Crosshair see each other for the first time, he's like, "Why did you have to come after us? Why did it have to be you?" And then just a few minutes after that, he's like, "Your issue is with me, not her," referring to Omega. So I think even before. Order 66 happened, there was a little bit of friction between those two that maybe we didn't see fully broadcast, but I do think about, you know, the four episodes that we got in in, um, Season 7, there were a couple of times where I felt like Crosshair maybe questioned the the leadership of not only Hunter, but Rex as well. I don't know if I want to watch the last four episodes of Clone Wars or the last two of Bad Batch now. Yeah. (laughs) They're all just so good. Why not all so of them? So good. <laughs> Por que no los dos? <laughs> Yo soy hella tired. Uh, Yo tengo cansado? Or you, uh, Yo soy cansada? No, tengo is have. Yo soy uh, well, is is. Yeah, I'm not going to get into a Spanish language lesson here, but certain adjectives you actually say, like if you're talking, like if you want to say that I'm hungry, you actually say I have hunger instead I of I am hunger. I have sleepy. all right well on that note we are we have become a little bit of a bad all right family feud of our own (laughs) fair fair i at least embrace it yeah i would i just want to take the opportunity i do want to plug the coverage that we've been doing of this this series so far with the star wars universe podcast there with matthew fox he's been great to bring us as a fledgling show get some more eyes on us so definitely appreciate that and uh, definitely go and check out the star wars universe podcast all the great things they're doing there that is a part of the stranded panda network that we are part of as well obviously and uh yeah go to strandedpanda.com check out all the wonderful things that are going on there twitch.tv slash stranded panda tv for all the live casts that we do there trivia happens wednesday nights at 7 7 30 central usually some music and whatnot going on beforehand 
do you gentlemen have anything you want to bring up and plug? Late Night Loki. Uh, Late Night Loki is a, is a, a thing here uh, lately, and I think it's going to turn into Late Night Everything Marvel. Because <laughs> um, they're... Uh, Did they say Marvel specifically? Well, D- Disney has decided that all the new series are coming out on Wednesdays. Right. All of them, not just Loki. So uh, we'll get What If and Miss Marvel and Hawkeye and uh, I think those are the only other three that are coming out this year. Uh, yeah. But She-Hulk in the future, and, uh, Moon Knight, like all of them are going to be Wednesdays. So we're going to have to come up with other names uh, other than Late Night Loki. Um, Midnight Miss Marvel, you know. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> wee Hours What If. Okay, okay. Uh, Sheer Exhaustion uh, Hella She-Hulk. Hawkeye. <laughs> I was going to say Hella Tired Hawkeye. I like um, that one. Yeah, what a Sleep. What was that? <laughs> just, just all of these. Uh, oh, and you know, Moon Knight is like by itself that's it oh, that's yeah. yeah we are the moon knights that's <laughs> <laughs> we own the moon knight so uh, but that being said yeah we are doing a, a 2 a.m central watch uh watch party of marvel things right now we're watching loki every wednesday morning uh we are then doing an instant reaction with myself and uh matthew carroll mm-hmm. and usually brian v klein um and then later Wednesday, uh, we're doing another watch party uh, for people who aren't crazy. Yeah. Uh, that starts at 5.05 p.m. Central. Um, we watch the episode and then immediately do a, a podcast about it and then immediately go into trivia um, and then late night. So it's Wednesday is, is kind of booked solid for us at Stranded Panda headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's intense. Uh, it's a hell of a it's a hell of a time though. It's a lot of fun. Um, I was really sad that I couldn't be on it this this past Wednesday because of all the sinus uh, crap that I had going on. But I, I still joined um, I still joined the Zoom call and was like, "Hey guys, I love <laughs> you. Like I can't put headphones on because my head will explode, but I love you." <laughs> yeah, did you hear about the stranded panda hefe guy that was in the chat just trying to like be a know-it-all? Yeah, I know, right? Guy is so rude, so obnoxious. That's the worst. Hopefully, Hopefully he, he won't show back. up when you're back on. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all the plug I have. Oh, uh, we should talk about uh, since it's a network thing. We've yeah. got we've got uh, a partnership, an affiliation with yeah, Fifth yeah. Sun, please, uh, and they've got a ton of great shirts um, of all different categories. Let me. Oh yeah, when I go to when I look at fits on, I hit category, I hit movies. The first one that's on there is Star Wars. Uh, so, you know, we've got great, uh, great. <laughs> sorry, great shirts of the child from the Mandalorian. Here's one that says Yoda, best dad ever. Uh, <laughs> you know, protect our forests with. Uh, <gasps> they with have a bunch of Ewoks on it. They have a shirt for each of the Bad Batch members' helmets on it. Oh, that's super oh. cool. So, I'm going to give you a link, Scoots. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give you a link to one of these shirts, 
and we can uh, we can put that in the show notes and yes indeed uh, you know have everybody go and check that out and what what if they just follow that link it'll automatically give us the affiliate points or do they need to enter a, a special code on, upon checkout there's, yeah there's not a code that they need okay. to enter they just uh, they just go in there uh, follow our link and we will get credit because they they use cookies for that sort of thing awesome yeah check the the show description the show notes I will have that there Zuhair anything some. what's that I want these shirts <laughs> <laughs> I if you're feeling if you're feeling so generous and want to donate to your your local zoo hair, my <laughs> my would, tag like is typically Z with five U's seven eight six <laughs> on most platforms, so you might find my Venmo there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a good record shirt, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, I I see what I, I'm looking at these helmets now. Uh, this is good stuff. Let us know what your favorite Bad Batch shirt is from fifth son is at animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com we will read those next week thank you very much thank thank you very much to jeff for for appearing it, it wouldn't be an episode that i i participate in if i didn't take another opportunity to do some ass kissing so thank you jeff. yeah <laughs> of course of course of course i already told you get your lips <laughs> off my ass at least it's not at least it's not friendly. <laughs> no, that's not another that. great thing that happens on late not, night Loki. We get loopy. <laughs> loopy. <laughs> late night loopy Loki talks. Mm-hmm. And I will say, keep tuning in. That's T O N I N. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens. And see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Stay woke. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Remember when one of your best players got injured, but not like on a play or anything? He got injured celebrating a play, and it's not like it was a game-winning play or in the playoffs, and he was out the rest of the season because he was injured while celebrating? Yeah. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. There's a highway 
that stretches across the 93 days of summer, where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. plastics can be so much more. Give this trash a second chance at what I'm hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today.